truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todders and Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well. 888-900-3393 if you'd like to be with us too. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. For those of you listening today via Blaze Radio or Podcast, the last name is D-E-A-C-E. It's a Wednesday. That means two things. Our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us at the very end of the program in our final segment to take us inside politics. We'll have a full hour beginning in about 30 minutes of buy, sell, or hold where we will touch on a plethora of topics, most of them uh, because you want us to. You choose the topics that we touch on most of the time and buy, sell, or hold. But before we get to all of that, first, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by getting thrown under the bus. Just a few weeks ago, President Trump said this about his now infamous call with the president of Ukraine. I read Mitch McConnell's statement yesterday and he read my phone call. And as you know, he put out a statement that said that was the most innocent phone call he's read. And I spoke to him about it, too. He read my phone call with the president of Ukraine. Mitch McConnell. He said that was the most innocent phone call that I've read. Yesterday, in quite possibly the least surprising news of all time, Mitch McConnell threw Donald Trump under the bus. We've not had any conversations on that subject. So he was lying about that? I don't recall any conversations with the president about that. Thanks. In other news, the political world was in a tizzy yesterday after Trump said, quote, so someday if a Democrat becomes president and the Republicans win the House, even by a tiny margin, they can impeach the president without due process or fairness or any legal rights. All Republicans must remember what they are witnessing here, a lynching. But we will win. The gall to, to, to suggest that he is experiencing a lynching. How dare the president compare lynching to impeachment? And then to have the most privileged, the most powerful white man on the face of the planet invoke that same word to describe what is happening to him is one of the most obscene things that I've heard in American life. To reference lynching is to play fast and loose with our dead. And now this. What we are doing or what we are doing here is not a prosecution, it's a persecution. And indeed, it is a political lynching. I will not vote for this lynching in the people's house. Even if the president should be impeached, history is going to question whether or not this was just a partisan lynching. This day feels to me like we're taking a step down the road to becoming a political lynch mob. This is about getting rid of the president of the United States. The whole idea is a lynch mob mentality. In other news, Shaquille O'Neal finally spoke out about the China NBA controversy. Again, they understand our values, we understand our values in here. We have the right to speak, especially with the social media. We're going to say whatever we want to say, when we want to say it. Blaze TV host Steven Crowder published information yesterday all but proving YouTube is censoring searches of Democratic presidential hopeful Tulsi Gabbard. 
When we set our VPN to a non-United States country and we search for Tulsi Gabbard, her channel and the videos from her channel all showed up first. Yet again, when we switched our searches to the United States, however, nothing. So that Friday, you search, she's trending one on Twitter, all of a sudden, boom, valve is pinched. You can't find her exclusively in the United States. You can if you're in Germany. You can if you're in Spain. United States, however, nothing. By Sunday, once the trend of Hillary Clinton's character assassination had subsided, the results for the U.S. and other countries were magically switched back to being identical. A school district in Pennsylvania is getting set to demolish girls' and boys' locker rooms. According to WTXF-TV, Garden Spot High School in New Holland will eliminate traditional boys' and girls' locker rooms in a $2.4 million project. In a statement, the school board said, quote, This district policy states that multi-user locker rooms and restrooms will be separated based on biological sex. But the idea behind the policy is much deeper. We've worked hard to arrive at a solution that balances varied interests, which is why we're systematically converting multi-user facilities into a series of single-user facilities. Outrage erupted recently after a dude who feels pretty by the name of Rachel McKinnon won the Women's Cycling World Championship. He told Sky News. What, as you understand it, is their problem with you competing? I'm legally and medically female, but the people who oppose my existence still want to think of me as male. They use the language of that I'm a man. And so there's this stereotype that men are always stronger than women and so if you think of trans women as men then you think there's an unfair advantage i don't think i am a world champion because i'm a trans woman i put in the work do you accept that there there may still be an advantage is it possible yes i think you're you're asking me is like trans women inclusion more important than fairness in sport but again my point is that trans inclusion is fairness Um, It is unfair to exclude legal and medical women, trans women, from women's sport or part of society. So this is much bigger than sport in that it's, it's the proxy for all of trans inclusion in society. And finally, a young man with cerebral palsy really wanted to ride a skateboard. So thanks to a little bit of ingenuity and his mom, he did just that. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage today brought to you by our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com. If you want to take advantage of plunging mortgage rates along with a booming economy, now is a good time to do that, especially with uh, winter uh, approaching in large parts of the country. And, you know, the real estate market typically slows down that time of year, which means right now you could run into buyers who need to make that move because who wants to move in the winter? So they might you know, be willing to take uh, maybe more uh, for the value of your home. Or if you're on the uh, if you're on the buying end, you might uh, run into sellers who want to get out of here knowing that the market's about to slow down. So they might be willing to take a lower offer. The timing is great. Just make sure you go in with a real estate agent that you can trust. Someone whose track record has been fully vetted and proven to be successful. Uh, someone who understands that a marketing plan means more than I'll call you when there's a home in your price range or let's do another open house. And then someone who knows what professional courtesy means. They return calls, texts, messages, 
They don't always try to you know dunk on you on the last minute here and make it as inconvenient as possible for you. So you don't want, we're not looking to help agents find clients here. We're looking to find an agent worthy of having you for a client. And that's what sets real estate agents, I trust.com apart from other such services. If you want to find a real estate agent that you can trust anywhere in the country, just go to this website right now, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Later today in the overtime, we're going to discuss uh, what Stephen Crowder uncovered uh, as it relates to Tulsi Gabbard. And, you know, we did this with Beta O'Rourke yesterday. I mean, why is he not benefiting from saying all of the stuff that they have been saying in, in their social media and uh, comment sections and, and message boards for many years now? And if you want to watch that conversation, blazetv.com slash dace. Today, we're going to have this conversation. Why are they so earthly afraid of this woman who agrees with them on virtually every issue? I mean, it, it, it's, it's, we're, we are one step away here from putting garlic over her podium at the next debate. What, what is, what is, what, how can a person that is getting 2% and most of it is probably because of conservative media support, frankly, all right? I mean, that's the only place that she's a hit right now is in conservative media. How is it possible that with her robust 2% more than any of us are currently getting in the Democratic primary field? That she requires this level of shunning. Don't answer now. No, I, I'm not stupid. I'm not okay. going to do that. Right. I just want to say there's three words why, and I will tell you why on oh, overtime. That's even better. That's a nice tease. I like it. All right. So we're going to get to that later today at blazetv.com slash dace. If you're not yet a subscriber, that's how you get a discounted subscription, not just for the overtime, but all of the exclusive content that we do here each and every day at blazetv, blazetv.com slash days all right i'm gonna i'm gonna do something and i want you to know i'm doing this for for you folks okay that that's why i'm about to do what i'm going to do because you are trying to save your country and so are we here on this show and some days we agree on whether Donald Trump is an instrument of that occurring, and some days we disagree on whether he's an impediment to that happening, right? <clears throat> but because, because I care about you, I'm going to do what I'm about to do, all right? We're going to have a show intervention right now. What is the date today, October the 23rd? That's correct. If we continue on the path that we are on right now, Donald Trump's not going to be the president of the United States six months from now. Mark it down. Mark it down. I was hinting at this with you on Monday, and I tried to put a fun spin on it. You know, we had calls, and we talked about it, and we had some snarky jokes, and we laughed, right? And we had a good, robust conversation that really these Republican senators don't fear you nearly as much as you're being sold. That, that's what I was really trying to tell you. I just, I was trying to put it in a package that may not, that, that might seem um, uh, less ominous, friendlier. But if we continue on the path that we are on right now, he's going to get removed from office in six months. Look at the clip that Aaron played from Mitch McConnell. That's a seed sower. As were the comments Lindsey Graham made to Axios 
that prompted the conversation we had on Monday's program. You have, and we all have, I mean, any of us that have voted Republican in the last 25 years has, has played a part in showing these individuals they don't really have to fear us. That in the end, we will be exposed to how crazy nut job the left really is. And now they now the left really is everything that we were afraid of in the 90s and 2000s. We're there now. This is like the daily headline now. And so now that it's really in our face and it's not theoretical anymore, that argument's going to be even more powerful. You cannot afford to stay home because you know what these people are going to do to the country, what they're going to do to your children's future, what they're going to do to your hard work. We know now. They're making it plain. But over the years, when we didn't take a stand, when they lied to us about repealing Obamacare, or they lied to us that they were going to defund Planned Parenthood this time, or they lied to us that they were going to secure the borders this time, and then went right into a gang of eight instead. Over the years, we've gotten really mad, and individual politicians have paid a price. I mean, that's why Marco Rubio is not president of the United States today. If he had never done the gang of eight, he'd probably, he's probably president of the United States right now. So, so when it has not been risking existential cataclysm, we have made them hurt for this. But in the end, they're like the child that knows you're never, you might spank them, you might ground them, but you're never really going to throw them out of the house. And so they wait for your temper to subside. They wait for your anger to alleviate. And in the case of that child, they'll do something cute or adorable to win you back. And in the case of Team GOP, what they'll do is just roll tape on what's going on in the other party. Hey, what do you think of dudes with penises, Adam's apples, and beards winning women's athletic contests? And then they just walk away. Do nothing about it, of course. Do nothing about it. Apparently, there's not a single elected Republican statewide in the state of Texas that can propose any legislation or enact any form of legislation that would protect a father who's trying to protect his son, who's seven, from being castrated and mutilated. Apparently, there's there's nobody, nobody, nobody has any power. There's no governor, senators, nobody has any power in the state of Texas to do something about this. I guess things really aren't bigger there, Steve. Apparently not. Maybe even smaller. Apparently not. And so... What they'll do instead of acute and adorable is they'll just show us what the other side really is. They'll open the portal to the mouth of madness. We will take a look inside and just say, we, we can't afford this. We can't do this. And they know it. And so that's why they don't existentially fear you. They know there's never going to be rallies if Trump goes. They know this. They know it. And so what you have watched this week, whether it's Lindsey Graham talking to Axios or Mitch McConnell in that clip is the beginning of your Pontius Pilate moment. When it happens six months from now, we're going to look back on this week and we're going to say, this is when they didn't quite put their hands in the basin and wash them yet. But, but this is when they're sitting there in the judgment seat and someone, some you know, flunky came and just put the basin down next to them just to let them know it was there when they need it. These people are very calculating and their greatest calculation in the end is that, but the Democrats always works. So what I'm about to do, I'm going to do in the hopes that that doesn't happen six months from now. Not necessarily because I have any great regard for Donald Trump as a president, but 
this is complete and total horse bleep. And I just can't sit back and abide watching it win. All of the messaging from this White House is bad. All? Now, all is a tough word. All of it is bad. Let me give you an example from last night. This is the former, and I have known Matt Whitaker for 20 years. I like Matt Whitaker. He is the former acting attorney general of the United States. A very smart guy. But he's being put in the wrong role. Watch this. Sort of abuse of power is not a crime. Let's fundamentally boil it down to, you know, the, the Constitution is very clear that this has to be some pretty egregious behavior. And they cannot tell the American people what this case is even about right now. Because they have to do it in secret. Abuse of power is not a crime. Stop. At that point, take your piece out. I'll show myself out. And just and 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 end it. You lost. Everything you said after this is an L. An L. Big L. All right. And now we're gonna go back and let's find clips of 20 years ago of them saying lynching. That's our tactic today. Another L. All the messaging's bad. White House is totally on the defensive. When the case for impeachment is, if Joe Biden and his son were acting corrupt without him running for president, it was totally okay to enact a bureaucratic agreement between the Ukrainian government and the U.S. in order to investigate it. But since he's running for president, it's not okay to investigate corruption. That is the argument. That's the entire argument for impeachment. It was wrong to question Joe Biden's integrity because he's running for president. If he was a private citizen, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, okay. Does it get any swampier than I'm protected because I'm running for office again for the sixth decade? What is swampier than that? Your messaging's all bad. You're on the defensive. And here's the fundamental error you're all making. This isn't a legal process. Why is the former attorney general of the United States on television? It's not a legal process. Presidents are largely immune from legal prosecution for a reason. Otherwise, they'd never be able to govern. They'd be bogged down in partisan proceedings all the time in some court somewhere. That's why we have a nebulous political process instead. And that's why the people that you vote into office, not some unelected judge in some podunk 666th federal court district determines whether a a judge or whether the president has committed high crimes and misdemeanors, but the people that then have to answer to you determine that. If, If you're trying to get removed from office, if you're trying to make it easy for these squishy Republicans who their life gets easier every minute after Trump leaves office and from all the minutes thereafter. If you are trying to make it easy for them over at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, by all means, if you just don't want to be president anymore, continue on. As you are. It's working. Now, if you want to blow this BS charade up, here's how we roll. And I'm not even going to give you something original, Mr. President. It's right out of your playbook. I wrote about it in this book. 
was standing there backstage that day, July 2015, waiting for you to walk backstage and sell me on joining your candidacy. As I watched you say, I like POWs that don't get captured, and I never ask God for forgiveness because I've never done anything wrong. And I just thought, there's no way I can, that has any chance. This is over. What was I even thinking? And I walked out. Next day, I'm coming out of the movies. And your former aide, Sam Nunberg, who you would not be president today without Sam, because he knew all the conservatives like me that you needed to go and talk to. And that's the truth. Amy and I are coming out of a movie, and, 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 and your boy Sam Nunberg calls me on the phone and says, hey, I'm sending you a column I just ghost wrote for, the, for, 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 for Mr. Trump to USA Today. I think you're going to like it. It's one of your tactics. And the title of the column was, I will not apologize. And it was, I've done more for Vetch than John McCain. All John McCain wants to do is leave our soldiers to die in the Middle East forever. It, was not, it wasn't a double down, man. We skipped past the double down. We skipped past the triple down. We were at the quintuple down. And I remember thinking, bold. I even said this to Sam on the phone. Bold strategy, Cotton. I don't think that's got any shot. I, th- I thought that was going to be the last time Sam Nunberg and I were ever going to speak. It actually saved Trump's entire candidacy. As all kinds of people who don't even like him and thought what he said was appalling. We're just so sick and tired of a bunch of people in politics and the media that hate them deciding what gets, to, what gets to be said and who gets to think what. They were just glad to see somebody with some balls once who told these people to take a long walk off a short pier. I know what kind of hypocrites you all are. I've written checks to you fools. I'm not, you're not playing this game with me. Here, I, I'm coming off the top rope. Screw that. I'm climbing up to the top of the steel cage, Jimmy Superfly Snooker style. Dropping an elbow on your ass from 30 feet. How you like them apples? Where is that man, Mr. President? Put the whining away. Do you want to win this? All the advice you're getting is bad, including your own internal counsel. You want a Senate hearing is actually what you want. You want it. Because you want to do what Brett Kavanaugh did, but better. Brett Kavanaugh did a mini version of this to save his judgeship, calling into question the integrity of the entire proceeding. Mr. President, let me take you back to a movie I know you remember. Al Pacino's And Justice for All. Do you remember the final scene of that film? It's not a closing argument, man. It's a reckoning. He busts out Polaroids of corrupt officials sleeping with hookers and just just says, okay, You guys want to do this? Let's roll. You're 75 years old. You have nothing to lose. If they run you out of office, what happens? You go back to your plush life. Why are you on defense? No, Mr. President, what you need to do is say, you're damn right I ordered the code red on Joe Biden because he's a corruptocrat like the rest of you. You're damn right I did it. And in fact... I've got my Justice Department investigating every one of you swamp rats right now, starting with you, any of you Republicans who decide that, you know, it's just too tough listening to the American people every day. So let me undo an election. And let me say to 65 million Americans who voted for me, your vote doesn't count. Dare them in public. I dare you to do this. Stop soothing. Stop negotiating. You're the effing president of the United States. 
Have some balls. You've sat there in pressure situations. You've sat there with your nuts in a sling and your integrity and reputation on the line. Most of these guys are worried about, I wonder if the squash court is open at the the Dacic Country Club in an hour. Why why isn't the third person in my throuple hotter than Senator so-and-so? That's their greatest worry in life. Crush these people. There's a whole lot of people in this country that don't like you that hate these people even more. And if they stand up there and watch you go cold red, code red, they're going to stand and applaud. Because they recognize you're not the real threat around here. The people presiding you are, over you are. They're the people that have sat there and sold out to K Street the interest of the average American for years. They're the people that have sat there and said, yes, our soldiers need to die in Afghanistan as a damn glorified parking attendant because Lockheed Martin needs five more dollars of a share price. And yes, your daughters need to lose their track meet because some dude can't beat other dudes. And yes, you've got a fun Planned Parenthood while they're crunching their granola over, you know, I wonder what a baby's foot gets on the open market. Anybody know? Speak for those people. They're the ones that voted for you. Stop talking to Mitch McConnell. Threaten him instead. Are you guys sure you want this hearing? Are you really sure? Because I ain't got nothing to lose. I got $8 billion in all kinds of time. And when I walk out of here, the same throng that loves me now is going to love me even more. And the same people that hate you now are going to hate you even more. So let's do this. Where were you last Tuesday? Not at home, if you know what I'm saying, G. How many times did you visit Epstein Island? Are you sure? You sure? Okay. I'll play. All in. And the revolution will be televised. That is how you're going to save your presidency. Because these people have less testosterone than the dude undergoing estrogen treatments as we speak. That's why they want rid of you. You make them comment on difficult things, vote on difficult stuff. This whole thing is a sham. Call it what it is. Say, I won't be commenting on this anymore. I'm going to govern the country. I'll show up at your hearing and it will be glorious. Just make sure you really want to do this. Own the moment. Get some balls. Stop whining like a girl. Man up. Gird your freaking loins, dude. These people are frauds. You know this better than just about anybody. You've written checks to most of them. Stop playing their game.
Stop playing chess and checkers with these people. Show up and take a sledgehammer to the game board and say, okay, if this is what you want, by golly, I am happy and obliged to give it to you. And if you do that, you're going to win re-election by maybe the largest margin a Republican is capable of in today's electoral college polarized map environment. But if you keep doing what you're doing, this passive-aggressive whining on Twitter and then the Javanka let me talk to Mitch McConnell behind closed doors, you're never going to win. These people are all cockroaches. You know what cockroaches hate more than anything else? Sunlight. You're sitting on the platform with the greatest sunlight on this planet. Point it on them. Put them under it. Call their bluff. All kinds of people will rally to you if you do, including people who don't even like you right now. But keep doing what you're doing, and it's sayonara in about six months. In America, it's estimated that about uh, upwards of 50 million people a year have issues with inflammation, chronic pain, etc. It's very common, especially as we get older. Uh, it's an issue as well. But relief may be just one web click away. It's called Relief Factor. And I use it as a part of my daily regimen, which means, you know, you know, it isn't a part of my daily regimen anymore. Icy hot, Ben Gay. I mean, it's been months since I've used any of that stuff. And, and what I love about this the most, and that stuff does work, by the way, right? But there's a reason it's called medicated cream. What I love about Relief Factor the most is it's 100% drug-free even though you know th this isn't some formula from some granola crunchers in a, you know sitting around somewhere uh, and they, they when they put down the celestine prophecy uh, they they wondered if this would work no these are medical professionals i mean the doctors created this people who can prescribe drugs and when there is a real illness and a and a real injury do but in the case of inflammation you know your body was made to be able to push back. It's just our, our, you know, we can get so overrun with inflammation nowadays that it requires drugs to treat the symptoms. Well, that's where relief factor comes in. This is to help spur real healing in the body because you know what? I feel a lot better too. It's just not even that a lot of that the inflammation and soreness has gone away, but I just feel better because I'm doing it more naturally, right? It, 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 your body's not a machine, okay? It's a created organism. If you want to give this a shot, they're so confident in this product, they offer it to you with what's called a starter kit for a dollar a day for three weeks. What do you got to lose? For a buck a day, right? And if it doesn't work, you call their bluff, just move on. All it costs you is a buck a day, but if it does work, then they think you're going to come back for more, all right? Relieffactor.com, that's the website to try the starter kit, relieffactor.com. And that brings us to this week's edition of Buy, Sell, or Hold. 
Aaron puts forth a series of propositions, uh, usually with a lot of help from you and his friends in the audience. Uh, could be on a wide variety of topics. Todd, you and I will then decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? Hopefully, we'll have at least uh, one legit reason why, although that's not a requirement. What is required is that you're only allowed to put a hold on something once per episode. If you use it for any other reason other than, um, well, this was just beneath me. It was lame. Then, then you're going to get punked the way Republican senators are punking Donald Trump right now. Aaron. All righty. We'll start out with Konstantinos Rhoditis, who basically says Elizabeth Warren will be the nominee. And despite the fact that Carolina, North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper would be the smartest choice, she's going to select Pete Buttigieg for her VP candidate. Well, but he says because he can raise a ton of money. That's his yep. reasoning. That won't if 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 I'm going to sell. If he's selected, it won't be for that reason. They all raise a ton of money. I mean, John Ossoff, do you remember that name? Yep. John Ossoff was a guy that didn't live in that runoff district in Georgia two years ago. And ended up, he ended up uh, acquiring, um, I want to say, one million donors faster than Barack Obama did in his 2008 presidential run. Not one million in donations, one million donors. So whoever the Democrat, their candidates have tons of cash. I mean, I, I, I was watching football this weekend and saw three commercials for Amy Klobuchar. We had, 20, we had 25 Republicans running in the, in the last Iowa caucus cycle. Do you remember seeing television ads for anybody other than like Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, and Donald Trump? Did you see that TV ads? For like anybody outside, did you see like TV ads for like the the equivalent of Amy Klobuchar would be Lindsey Graham running for president, which he did. I, I okay. forgot that he did. Actually, yeah. Did you yeah. did you did you see Lindsey Graham television ads? I have no memory. No, because there weren't any. Their candidates all raise oodles of money. Okay, so I don't think he adds anything to her ticket on that level at all. That is not to say I'm totally ruling out that he would be her VP. I'm just saying it won't be for that reason, all right? Because um, she's not going to have any problem raising money. And, and I know we still, we're still using this talking point that the DNC doesn't raise any money and the RNC raises more. Can I ask you folks a question? Why are you giving money to the RNC? I, I think what that, what that talking point really says is Republican donors are still dumb. Do you know why, they're, they, 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 you know why the DNC doesn't raise any money? Because Democrat voters got smart and watched what happened in 2016 when they rigged the primary for Hillary Clinton. They said, F that noise. We'll just donate to the candidates ourselves. And that's what they do. They just, get, they just donate directly to their candidates. Why are you giving any money to the RNC? Why? If, if you like Donald Trump, donate directly to him or one of his super PACs. I promise you their messaging is going to be better. The RNC always sucks at everything, no matter who's in charge. All right, so I don't, I don't know why the RNC is raising all that money. Why would you not want to have more local control over where your money goes? Give it directly to the candidates that you like. I actually think in this way, Democrat voters are smarter and donors are smarter than Republican voters and donors. Just my two cents. Todd. If Elizabeth Warren is ultimately the candidate, I, I think Pete Buttigieg has a great shot of becoming VP. But as you know, my confidence continues to be down on elizabeth warren uh, i'll take the field over her at this current time and so that's why i will sell moving on john hensley says if he wins re-election trump will actively campaign for primary opponents of romney and other republicans who don't support him during impeachment sell 
sell. You know why? What is he asking me to do? What's what's implied in this in this in this proposition? Oh, stand up to the establishment. Uh, even 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 more material. Guess what Donald Trump is going to do in the future? I'm an auto sell. Okay, unless it's like Donald Trump's going to you oh. know uh, do perform basic functions of life. Anytime you ask me to gauge what Donald Trump is going to do in the future, I'm an, it's an auto sell for me. Auto sell. Auto. And I'm selling. You're taking me back to those halcyon days after 2016. When the very next day you asked me to care about the 2018 <clears throat> midterms and I said, I hate you all. What, don't ask me questions about the election after the election that still hasn't happened yet and is going to suck all by itself. Thank you very much. Now, can I reword this, though, to get to, the? I think, the, the, the spirit of the point he's trying to make? If he were to win re-election, Trump would have every incentive to finally go after these kinds of Republicans like Mitt Romney. I would, I would buy that, okay? But he had it before this. And then maybe if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, yeah, but he, you know, he needed to have a unified party, what, okay, whatever. You don't really care so much about that once you've won re-election. Fine. But if you but if you ask me to predict what he'll do in the future, it's just an auto sell for me. No one, I don't think anyone can know. Consti- I don't think he knows. Constitutional a hole says Steve would start a cult based on pumpkin spice infused Reese's peanut butter cups. He already did. You want to know what? So I've been uh, I've been making Noah's school lunches for him for the last few days, uh, just to help. Because Amy's got to help him get everything else ready for school now, you know. So it's just me trying to chip in with what I do in the morning for all the other stuff I do to make it easier on her. And so Noah likes to go back and forth between hot pockets, these uh, really great breakfast burritos they sell at Costco, and the yellow wrapping are really good, by the way. Or old-fashioned PB and J. That's his favorite sandwich. Okay. So last time at Costco, are you ready for this? Probably not. <laughs> Last time at Costco, I bought a tub of pumpkin pie filling dip. And it's just a tub of pumpkin pie filling. Okay? And I got I, I to tell you, it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. So without telling Noah, what I've, what I've done, what I started doing a few days ago, and I make it, on days he wants a PB&J, and I make a sandwich for him, is I take a little bit of this pumpkin pie spread, and I just spread it just a little. Don't want to overwhelm it, okay? But just give it a little extra zing. I spread it over the top of the peanut butter side of his PB&J. And I haven't said a word about it. Like he doesn't, he's not in the room when I make the sandwich. No one knows I've been doing this. And then this morning I asked him as I was making, getting ready to make his lunch as he was getting ready to walk out of the room and finish getting ready. I just asked him, said, hey, uh, you want to, you know, what do you want for lunch today? He said, PB&J. I said, hey, do you like how I've been making your sandwiches recently? And that's all that I said. He goes, yeah, they've been really good. <laughs> so there is, there's one affirmation for mixing the peanut butter with the pumpkin. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy. Because Noah, Noah would not last. If Noah was born in, you know, in, the, in, in, in Sudan, he'd be the child they had to leave behind when there wasn't enough food because he's just too damn picky. All right? He is beyond a picky eater and uh so if he likes it i think it's got some real potential gentlemen 
I like how you tried to add in like a hint of mystery to this saga. You know, like we're on the island of loss now or something. Because you know this thread is... I got it. We got I'm like the man the in black here. now. I'm like the man yeah. in black now, right? Aaron, how do you strategically decide when to bring up the pumpkin spice questions? Um, there is no strategy. There's no plan, guys. Do I look like a man with a plan? Yeah. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yes. Uh, so are you buying or selling that, Todd? I'm totally buying that he's going to start a cult based it on already pumpkin started. spice. Yeah. Uh, next one, Nathan Davis says, this is a two-parter. We'll start with the first one, take him one at a time. Because of the lack of a plan and no story arc, even J.J. Abrams can't save this trilogy. I think we have to define save. I think, I, think the, the, I think the odds are high. This will be an enjoyable movie. High. I think the odds are... Can you define... I mean, I'm so jaded. I'm, I'm genuine... Okay. Define. I, and that, I should, you're you, right. If I'm going to if I'm going to define save, I should define, define enjoyable. enjoyable. Okay. Uh, enjoyable in that. Did you find the Force Awakens the tightest written plot of all time? No. No. Did you find its characters the greatest, most developed characters? No. That you would have hoped for. No. Did you enjoy the movie though? Did the did the did the 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 energy of the film, the look of the film, the feel of the film? Did it feel, even though it, 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 it couldn't quite pull it off in terms of its, it, the specifics, but did it feel like a Star Wars movie yes. again in ways that okay. Lucas's prequels did not? That's how I would define Good. enjoyable. Got it. I think the odds of that are high. I think there's going to be Avengers Endgame level of fan service here. And I think that, that, that is strongly hinted at in the trailer with the, the clip of 3PO saying, you know, I just want to look at my friends one last time. I think, I think, you know, where they all jump in the cockpit together. You mentioned yesterday the running down the hall of, the, of, of a building that looks like the original Death Star, as we saw Han, Chewie, Luke, and Leia do in the first Star Wars. All right, um, the the, the Luke say, the Luke's force goes saying the fourth will be force will be with you, and then Leia's saying always at the end. I think this thing, if if, if anything, this, this this there might be so much fan service in this, it might get schmaltzy. Okay, so I. I think the odds of this being enjoyable, if I were laying odds, enjoyable, um, minus 200 odds. I wouldn't want you betting on that the movie's going to be enjoyable, okay? Now, if I Can I, I just were, add really quickly? There was sure. just a great troll. It had that on Twitter today. I retweeted it. It's, it's that video of 3PO saying that, but the guy comments, and he's right. He says, 3PO doesn't even know these people. <laughs> He doesn't. Oh. He just met at See, the end of the movie. I thought you were going to say that the troll was when he says, I just want to look at my friends one last time. And, and I thought the troll was going to be, and so do I. All right. <laughs> right. I thought that's what it was going to be. But, but that's, that's good too. He's yeah. been with Poe, but he doesn't know Finn. Right. He doesn't know. Because of the plot holes and the, the character yeah. that we've talked about. All right. But, but if, I, if, if, if you need every, everything that was hinted at in The Force Awakens that moves the larger narrative of the Star Wars mythos moves it down field that Ryan Johnson wanted essentially to burn down. Okay. If you, if you need that level of, of, of answering, then I think your odds are probably, you know, straight up, you know, minus 100, no vig. I think that's total 50, 50 that they can pull that off. All right. But I think that the odds it will be a baseline enjoyable film are exceedingly high. Todd, I act the way I said this, and instantly I, I got uh, 
blown back on by this. I said it can't be saved. It can be salvaged. And I know the root word is the same. I get it. Save salvation, theologically speaking. But when we think of salvage, you know, we're, we're talking about taking something you find in a dump. That was and, broken. And re- yep. That was broken and reclaimed. And saved is too, theologically speaking. But, you know, this guy just likes to troll me on this issue. Salvage is not the same so, as redeemed. Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, yeah. Well, okay. you're not. Yeah, this, there's no way this thing is Andy Dufresne coming through a climbing through a, a river of bleep and coming out clean on the other side. That's it. Too much has been asked. Of uh, on that front, uh, that's not possible. Can I? I'm and I'm begging for it. I said to Steve off area, I'm begging for this thing to be salvaged. I really want to just sit down and enjoy the movie with my family instead of coming out the last one where Steve and I awkwardly sit in that parking lot. Did you like it? And I just said, I, I didn't even know how to put. Word. You remember? It was I just. Do. It was. Yeah, I do. So yes, I'd like a salvaging. Uh, Second part of this, the next Star Wars saga will be about the Sith and Jedi Wars a thousand years before Yavin and our faith in Star Wars movies will be restored. (sighs) Even a longer time ago in a galaxy further away. I'm going to sell on that simply because we don't know much about what's coming next. I, I, I think it's likely that the next plot line will go way into the distant past. You know, Knights of the Old Republic style. I do think that is likely. But we don't know, is that what the guys that are doing Game of Thrones? Is that the Star Wars thing that they're working on? Is that the trilogy that Ryan Johnson allegedly was given, a separate trilogy? And now there's talk that maybe he's not going to do that after all. I, I think there's too many unknown variables to, to, to buy with any certainty on what will come next, with one exception. I think you're going to see Disney Plus is going to, and that's also why I think the odds of the movie being enjoyable are very high. Disney Plus is, starting with The Mandalorian, its number one selling point for new content is going to be mining the Star Star Wars universe for episodic television. And so that's going to be The Mandalorian. That's going to be Kenobi. I think you'll get a Vader series. Okay, I think that's and so but 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 for that to pay off, they need this movie to be a fan service send off. Okay, and that could be another reason why we don't get some of the answers that we want in this movie is they want is that is that's content they're going to mine for longer form episodic television for Disney Plus, beginning with things like The Mandalorian. So I, I, I think that's a certainty that that's what we'll see most of the Star Wars series on the Disney Plus be what will be done in the movies after this. I think it's anybody's guess, so I'm going to sell. I'll have to sell uh, for the same reasons. I wish I had a more creative uh, idea than that. But I, I think, uh, slow your wall on any Vader film. that you, no, you, Episodic, not a film. Or, or any Vader, yeah. anything, until you prove you can get something else right. Do not dive headfirst into that. You're, 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 right now, none of us believe you can pull that off. You're right with The Mandalorian because The Mandalorian relies on the premise that has fueled Star Wars forever. And for people who know what that term means, what, man, that's what Boba Fett was. All right, Boba Fett, that was the race of people he was in the old Star Wars films with the cool armor and stuff. They were Mandalorians. That's what that, it's, it's his people. That's what it's about. But you knew... Almost nothing of that. It's part of this backstory, but there was just stuff that the fanboys decide that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I like that guy, and that's how you resurrect that. You do you do that with the Mandalorian. You do that by just having Jedi doing cool stuff. Get get the basics right first. You 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 guys have 
when you've tried to be deep, you've brutalized this thing, you've got it totally wrong. I, I'm I go for what Steve. Just can we have some fun again? That would be the start. Uh, one more quick one before our break, Mr. Anderson. I presume says five and one Bills are for real. Buffalo Bills. If we mean a playoff contender with defense travels, they have a tremendous defense, one of the best in the NFL. So on that level, I will say, yes, they are for real. I don't think they're any threat to be any kind of postseason threat. I don't think the offense is developed enough. I don't think Josh Allen's uh, overall game is developed enough, but he does run the ball effectively uh, and they keep mistakes to a minimum with a terrific defense. So on that level, yeah, I think they're a threat to be a five or six seed in the AFC playoffs. I agree with that. Yeah, I'll buy. And my secret hope is that as as good as the Patriots are, it, it would be a pretty cool way for that dynasty to finally end if the they somehow meet in the playoffs and the Bills are the ones and knock them off. Yeah, uh, I'm going to add this real quick before the break. Uh, as 50 of you sent to me uh, over the last week, we do have another list oh, coming no. up. After a few more listeners submitted by seller hold suggestions, you're not going to want to miss this one. Steve is going to spontaneously combust. So we've got a double dose of woe and lamentation is what you're telling me this week? There you go. Yeah. All right. We'll come back. Hour two, more buy, seller hold, and our good friend Daniel Horowitz at the bottom of the hour. Stay tuned. with our number two live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast i'm steve days totters and aaron mcintyre here with me as well bottom of the hour our good friend daniel horowitz will be here from conservative review to take us inside politics if you are listening to us today via the steve days uh podcast thank you if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review uh at any podcast platform that you choose uh, we would appreciate that i don't know if you're limited to just one so if you're not, feel free to stuff the ballot box with those. I don't, you know, we're not too proud to, we ain't too proud to beg around here. Now, if you don't like the show, we would never ask you to lie, but maybe just keep that opinion to yourself. If you sort of like the show, though, we would ask you to embellish and just like it all the more, okay? And then let us know. I mean, if you think we're a three-star show, let us know what we need to do to get a fourth star out of you or a fourth out of five. Selling out. That's kind of our thing. Okay, so make sure you leave us those five-star reviews. Thank you to the thousands of you that have already done so. We are very, very appreciative. This portion of the show brought to you by Swiss America who has a question for you. Why, if you are looking to insulate your retirement, your savings, your wealth, your prosperity, if you're looking to insulate it from fake news media that is trying to instigate a recession so they get the election outcome they want next year, or scheming politicians and currency wars and trade wars. If, if you're going down that road, why are you taking a chance on something like uh, cryptocurrency, something that's as capricious as Bitcoin? Why are you doing that? Because your, your instincts are right on the money to, to be looking at alternative currency uh, options. Your instincts are right on the money, but you know what, man? There's a reason why gold has stood the test of time in this arena because it has proven to be the place where smart people like you, independent people like you, people that aren't sheeple like you, it's where they have also put their wealth to protect it from politicians and corruptocrats as well. And if you want to know more about the timeless truth about gold, our good friends at Swiss America want to offer you this report and DVD for free. 
why you want to look at gold. And I know if you're, you know, one of those young, smart millennials making some money, you're doing the Bitcoin thing and you're watching the market constantly as it's way up and way down. I know you have a tendency to think, oh, that's old fashioned. Sometimes things are old fashioned though, because they have proven themselves, right? Like when you go to grandma's house, she keeps making those chocolate chip cookies you like or that cake you like. That's kind of old fashioned too. Why does she use that recipe? Because it's proven, it's proven to work. Stood the test of time. So check out gold right now. SwissAmerica.com. That's the website. SwissAmerica.com. Or give them a call at 800-289-2646. That's 1-800-289-2646. And let's get back to buy, sell, or hold. All righty. We'll move on to Ed Grant, who says, Someone not in the top three of the recent Iowa poll finishes in the top three of the Iowa caucuses. I'm going to change that just a little bit to the RCP polling average, which does mirror the last Iowa poll. So someone... Not in the top three of the RCP polling averages, finishes in the top three of the Iowa caucus. That would be Biden, Warren, and Buttigieg. They are the top three. So somebody outside that top three finishes in the top three. Well, okay, for that to happen, someone's going to have to be able... Buttigieg has has been at 12 to 14% in Iowa caucus polling for months. Months. All right, so I, I don't see that support going anywhere. And, you know, only like two and a half percent of Iowans are black. So there's not going to be a huge black church revolt against his sexuality in a state like this. Now, there is in the Monmouth pullout from South Carolina today where he's down another two points in South Carolina. He's sitting at two percent in their South Carolina polling. Um, so I and here's why I'm looking at your question this way, because I'm trying to figure out on the fly how this would work. Someone, you, you, what, you gotta, what you're telling me is someone has to get better than f- 14 or 15%. Because I don't see him, if he's had that number for months, I don't see him going any lower than that. Um, Elizabeth Warren is way too well organized outside of central Iowa where the leftist activists are, where the college um, uh, campus activists are. Um, I don't see any way she doesn't finish in the top three. Maybe she doesn't win it, but I don't see any way she doesn't finish in the top three. You would see, I would think Biden would be the most likely to fall out. But again, who's the, as I've talked about before, if he's going to fall, that, then there, there needs to be another, their version of a centrist candidate that can take that space. Because that's kind of the vote. If, if you, and we, we've used the term Leonard Boswell Democrat. For those of you that don't live in our state, he was kind of the last moderate rural Iowa Democrat of renown in the state. Uh, and he was a member of Congress for many years before he passed away. I think that's a fair analogy yeah, using him yeah. like that. Okay. So someone's got to fill that Leonard Boswell rural, you know, Democrat hole or void if, if Biden were to go away. I think Bernie Sanders has played out. Uh, you don't come back when you've been way up and you go way down. You're just, you just stay down. So I think Bernie Sanders has played out. So then I've got to ask myself, looking at the remaining candidates, what I'm really asking myself then for, to buy this is do I think someone like the aforementioned Amy Klobuchar could, could replace Biden in that space? Uh, and no, I don't think she could. I think it's possible maybe that she could split his vote and split some of those kinds of voters. 
I don't know. I'm going to sell. Not because I don't think this is plausible. I just, I'm not, I can't come up with in my, in my own head right now, the scenario in which it would occur. So I'm going to sell. But I do think it's a plausible outcome. I'm just going to sell because I don't know how to specify its plausibility. I don't either, but again, relying on the skepticism I have. However far Steve is from 50-50 on the sell line, I am that far on the buy line with all the same unknowns. That uh, okay. that checks out. All right. We'll move on to uh, Nicholas Knack. Can I call you Nick? Nick Knack. Uh, the ticket of nice. Mayor Pete and Tulsi would be unbeatable. Uh, sell. sell. I, I, I think you've got a real issue with Pete Buttigieg on a national ticket with black voters. And I don't think it matters who he's on the ticket with. I don't. Um, well, let me rephrase that. If he were Barack Obama's vice president nominee, I don't think it matters. Okay. But they don't have that kind of black candidate in this race this year, in this cycle. So let me be more specific. In this cycle, pairing Pete Buttigieg with any of the Democrats on a ticket um, puts them in danger of repeating what happened in Milwaukee County, in Milwaukee County again, and in... um, I'm trying to remember the county that uh, Detroit's in. I can't remember what it's called. Cuyahoga County in Ohio. Okay. Um, I, I, I think you risk seeing a repeat of that scenario in a lot of other more purple, uh, slightly, slightly tinted red states like in North Carolina, in a, in a Charlotte area, for example. So I, I don't think so. I do think her as a nominee, with her look, her ability to articulate, being a veteran, um, I, I think her as a nominee, having all their same positions, just not, but being able to communicate them in a way that doesn't make you think that she hates you because she disagrees with you. I think her as a nominee would be a very formidable candidate for Donald Trump. But, you know, we're to try to discover today in the overtime why they just loathe this woman on a biblical level as a candidate. Your thoughts, Todd? I assume he's asking... There's some context to the question underneath this, that they would be unbeatable against Donald Trump as he currently uh, campaigns. And Steve obviously addressed that in in that in that framework. I say I buy. Uh, I think all you do is label that hope and change, too. And uh, yeah, you you, you skate through if it gets that far. I I think that would be unbeatable because Trump doesn't show that he would know how uh, to combat that. All right. We'll move on to Full Ace Semi-Automatic, uh, who says the last Star Wars trailer that was... Let's do this really quick. The last Star Wars trailer that was released will be actually better than the movie. Hard sell. Yeah, sell, because that trailer actually it, it sucked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, moving on. Micah Don Arrington says, a better name for Romney's fake account is Pierre <laughs> Flip Floppier. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Uh, or, you, know, you know what? Can I go with Willard Flip Floppier? Or Philippe Floppier. Uh, that's good too. Yeah. Although I'm still kind of partial to Ron Mexico. Yeah, that's true. I'm selling. You're that, selling. The fact that he picked what he picked for himself and thought about it is he can't be topped. Do you know why? The, what, what is the point of the current uproar over Mitt Romney's fake Twitter account? I mean, he's, 
he's been a fake for many years now. Why, why is this breaking news to, to some people? Do you know why? Got to get them clicks, yo. Apparently. Okay. Uh, Richard Boyce says, if anyone else had been elected president, the quote-unquote deep states would not have been exposed. Sell. Um, but I think you're close to right. I think there's another couple of candidates that um, could have, would have that. I think, I think, I think you would have seen some of this with Cruz as well. It just would be different. Um, he would bring different strengths and weaknesses to the table in this environment than Trump. Um, but I think those two candidates were the last two standing because they were the only two that Republican primary voters thought offered them something different than what they've gotten from the Republican Party for decades. And that's exactly why I think if Cruz had been, uh, pres- would be, had been president, you'd see some of this, okay? Um, and I know that there's a school of thought out there that says that's where Trump has been a great benefit is to expose this. And I, I understand some of that. I think there's, there's v- validity to that point. But at some point, you know, when a when a doctor says, "Hey, I found out you've been some you've been sick for a long time and haven't been able to figure out why," I've got the right diagnosis. What 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 do you what do you want to follow that that diagnosis? A treatment, right? I mean, I mean, it, it's a positive that now you know what's wrong with you, correct? But if, but is he not also empowered to treat this, right? And what if they just sent you home from Mayo? We got your diagnosis. Have a good afternoon. And they just sent you home, right? Would, would you be, wouldn't you be like, well, you know, where's the, that, that's a good first step. I appreciate it. I'm further along than I was before, but I thought there was going to be a treatment here. I mean, it's the Mayo Clinic, not the Mayo Lab, right? You know, it's the clinic. I, I, I expect to be, uh, to, to be uh, clinicked here, okay? And that's, that's what the Trump presidency has been. It's been exposing a lot of this without, doing a lot about it, okay? So that's the other reason why I made, I gave the strategy for pushing back against this that I gave in the last hour. Because the, the, the political problem the president has is he hasn't created enough accomplishments for too many voters, for enough voters to justify the fact they can't stand him. I, I just can't put it more blunt than that. That you, you, there's too many people that still are weighing the fact I can't stand you vis-a-vis your accomplishments. Give them, give them a win. And this would be a win because they hate most of the people that are coming after the president. They hate these people too. Serve them up on stakes with a nice Chianti. And now suddenly you're like, you know what, man? That goofy bastard bugs the hell out of me most days. But I'm really enjoying watching... Nancy Pelosi's head rot over there on that hill. <laughs> right? Am I right? Would, would, would you be one of those people? Uh, talk to me. Yes, yes. You're, that's who I'm talking about. Yes. I will narrowly buy. I totally agree with Steve's uh, Cruz assessment. Would have, But it's, it's Trump's. It's no credit to him. 
but he, it's the Joker. I just do things. It's his mercurial nature that unsettled them. I've been told by people who play poker in Vegas at a relatively high level that they can't stand it with somebody who doesn't belong at that table. Yeah. Doesn't like Somebody no wins an at-home tournament it's online. Just, yes. Everything seems random. And they're just and going it, all in all the time. Yeah. And you can't game theory yes, them out. Exactly. Which when we played basketball when we were kids. And, and you played worse against the kids who'd never played than the kids who were much better but knew how to... Like the kid who would just front you all over the court playing you-man-ball defense, totally wrong. But it would just throw you off because your whole life you played man-you-ball. We all know this is how yes. we play, right? right? Is that what you're talking about? That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. All right. David Schoen says not only Mitt Romney, but every establishment Republican in the Senate uses a French name for their sock puppet accounts. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I'm going to buy because I just like that one so much. Bye. Todd Saffel says after replacing king and queen with royalty to avoid gender stereotypes, homecoming will have to be renamed to something less offensive to those who are homeless. Bye. What do we just call it then? Here coming? Here, here now. Here now? Nice. Stop. With these uh, questions. You're the here now queen. <laughs> I like it. Nathan, I'm, I'm going to buy. Yeah. I, I like that one too. Yeah. yeah. Nathan Sullivan says Minnesota and Ohio State will both be undefeated when they meet in Big Ten championship game. I'll sell. I'll sell as well. Yeah, I'll sell. Good season for Minnesota so far. Great Chad, season. Yeah. Chad uh, says, Iowa turnout for the February Democratic caucus will be historically low turnout. Sell. Uh, and, and I know, I think I know that, Chad. It is. It's poker, it, Chad. Yeah, come on, man. No. No, there might be a historically low level of, of, of self-immolation burns, burnings, because we thought our, our expectations were so high that we would get to see hundreds of these, and it's only going to be maybe dozens of people lighting themselves out on fire outside of their caucus, uh, you know, site for um, climate alarmism. But no, no, this this thing is going to be at yeah. max lit, brother. Yeah, and max roll, roll tape because you're you're, you're going to see some just people losing their minds at these things because they're going to be see so clearly the thing that needs to be done some you'll find compromises in other places but in some of these places people are going to get lit on fire if they you won't be part of their tribe it's going to take a legendary iowa winter storm to keep that turnout down i believe don't you think so yeah 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 and then even then remember a lot of their votes are on college campuses and stuff like that you where know where it it's not really as big affect. of an issue right yeah yeah all right. Next one. Chris Werder says the Philadelphia Eagles will finish over 500 this season. I will buy. Too, it's kind of helter skelter, but too much talent. The Giants and the Redskins are in their division. I mean, they 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 just got whooped by the Cowboys, but they beat the Packers, who whooped the Cowboys. I mean, there's there's a team there. It's just not. It's not. It, it, there's too much talent to just suddenly go four and twelve. Or Did something. they have the highest win total in the NFC other than the Rams? At t- weren't they like ten and a half when the I season began, remember. something like that? You know what? You're probably right, but I don't think it's as obvious. So I'm going to take the other side just yeah. to give the other case. I'm going to sell. What concerns me is when you've got guys in the locker room now accusing other guys of leaking stuff to reporters and things of that nature. You know. Um. A spree decor in an NFL locker room is 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 difficult to harder to acquire because you're dealing with men with lives and wives and everything else. And then once it's and so they all have their own separate lives. They don't spend a lot of time together, you know, away from the field. And then once that's gone, it's really really difficult to get it back at that point um, because everybody's playing for their own contract and everything else. So uh, I'm going to sell. You're you're buying though, Todd. I bought. Yeah. 
Alrighty. It's time. Oh, no. Rolling Stone. No. Top 100 we lost singers already. of all time. We'll yeah. only do the top... How much time do we have? 12 minutes. We'll only do the top 25. Y'all ready for this? It's the antidote to your pumpkin no. spice I, America. I, I, I kid you not. Everybody and their mother's dog sent this list to me wanting me to use it. So I'm a man of the people. I give the people what they want. And here we go. Uh, we'll start with number 25 on the top 100 singers, according to uh, Rolling Stone of all time. Number 25 is Michael Jackson. Bye. He's only number 25? Yep. A lot is, of good is, singers the, out there. The, the only rationale for him only being 25 is just because of his own, per, because of you, you, you're docking him for his personal life. That's a pretty good reason. And I think that's a great reason. Yeah. Do you think that's Rolling Stone's reason? Uh, no, no. If, if anything, no. they gave him a bonus. Okay, he didn't, he didn't molest enough kids. But um, there's been a lot of great singers. Michael Jackson's 25. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna right, say because bye. I because I just don't want to ruin this from the start. I'll buy just for now. I'll buy. Now, is that the exact your the language they used, Aaron? Is singer? It's not greatest rock star. You didn't like paraphrase. They put singers. That, okay. Okay. Right. No, so uh, it's not performer. Right. We're just talking vocalist. Right. Correct. Okay. Yep. All, All right. right. Number 24 is Van Morrison. <laughs> Van Morrison's a better singer than Michael Jackson, you think? Or? No. Okay. Well, that didn't take long. And we're done. Yeah. Num- Sell. No. Sell. Uh, you're selling, Todd? Yeah. Okay. Number 23 is David I think, I think that was implied. David Bowie. David Bowie. David Bowie's See, a better singer than Michael Jackson? Right. Sell. So, come on, man. Come T- on, man. Uh, 22, Etta James. Yeah, great voice. Okay. It strikes me as kind of a too smart by a half pick, you know, but okay. Sell. Number 21 is Johnny Cash. Sell, because that's why I asked about the term singer. He's, gosh, he. I know, it's a classic distinct voice. I'm going to buy. I'm gonna cl- I think that I'm fine putting him in the top 25. It's a classic distinct voice. I'll sell based on the standard I set for okay. myself with okay. Michael Jackson. So. Okay. Uh, number 20, Smokey Robinson. Uh, well, I'll, I'll buy. That's, okay. That's smooth. All right, I'll buy. That's smooth. All right. Number 19, Bob Marley. Sell. That's come on, not, come, on, no. come on, man. Come on. Sell. That's come not. I mean, is it even singing? It, that's it's the just, thing. It's, it's no. I mean, it's not. It's, it's, come on. What am no. I doing? Uh, let's go to number 18, uh, Freddie Mercury. Great singer. He's got to be higher on the list. He's 18th? Yeah. He's got to be higher. No, All right. So doesn't. this is our benchmark now. We always have that, okay? Everybody that comes after this has to be better than him. Agreed? We both have to yeah, agree on this. Michael, I'm selling on this. He's, there's, there's definitely 18 better than Freddie Mercury. Definitely. I don't even know you anymore. I, I don't. The range. I want to hear you talk. I'd rather, I would rather have you talk oh, about the last a, yeah. Jedi mm-hmm. than than give that take again. Yeah. Number seven. Well, the thoughts on instant replay. We can go there. Okay. Freddie Mercury is our new benchmark. Everybody that comes after him now has to be better. Uh, number seventeen. Tina Turner. Sell. Not better. Sell. Uh, number sixteen. Mick Jagger. Sell. Sell. Not better. Not- a better performer. Better showman. Better lead. Yeah. I, I agree. But no, sell. sell. Number 15, Robert Plant. 
I'll buy that. Oh uh, yeah, he's. I think he's I think great. because he was such a great showman, we forget the range of how great his voice was at the exact same time. So Robert Plant, what number is this? Fifteen. Okay, he's 15. our he's our benchmark now. Everybody's got to be better than Robert Plant from here. Bye. I'm glad he's up there. Okay. Number fourteen, Al Green. Uh, uh, what is this? The uh, uh, domestic violence chart? No. Uh, sell. Not better than Robert Plant. No. Sell. Number thirteen, Roy. Uh, Orbison? Sell. I mean, I'm, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting somebody. Dude, uh, I wouldn't even be... Ch- sell. Guys, come on. Yeah, Bro. this is pretty schizophrenic. If you, if, you, if you had Roy Orbison ahead of Robert Plant, delete your account. Thank Sometimes you. I think they meant performer, and then I start thinking along that lines, and they clearly didn't mean that either, so I think they're just bouncing yeah, yeah, all over on. the place. Come on, man. Sell. Come on. Number 12, Little Richard. I, I, sell. I, I, I just, Great okay, why, why are we doing this? What? what, what? Because... <clears throat> when, there's no way you can pumpkin spice this. That's why. And it's beautiful to both. Uh, number 11. I want to find the human being. I want to, I need to see a, a live human being that believes little Richard is a greater singer than Robert Plant. I need to see that. I need to meet that person. Yeah. Yeah. Number 11, Paul McCartney. Sell. So, I love Paul McCartney, but he's not a better singer than Robert Plant. He, and you know who would probably tell you that? Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney probably would tell you that. Yeah. So sell. Uh, number 10. He's a better songwriter because Jimmy Page wrote most of their music, but he's not nearly the singer. No. Uh, number 10, James Brown. Sell. So. Now, this one's tougher. You know, I'm going to tie goes to the enunciator, so I'll give it to Robert Plant, but I don't think that's an instant no way. So, sell. But I'd, I'd, I'd put him on the list yeah. somewhere. Number nine, Stevie Wonder. Bye. That's a tough one, man. That's that's a tough one. We're saying in there. Even over Robert Plant? I, I want to say yes to see, one I think Steve Wonder belongs in the top 10. Yeah. Okay? The question is, is he better than Robert Plant? But he, since since he's we both agree he's in the top 10, I'll buy, and that becomes the new benchmark now. Everybody's got to be better than Stevie Wonder from here. All righty. Uh, number eight. No, I'm sorry. Number number Yes, number eight. Otis Redding. Come on, like one on. song, man. No, okay. And I don't care how long you sit on the dock of that damn bay. He's not a better singer than Stevie Wonder. No. I don't have so. enough of a feel for the Otis Redding catalog. And, and it ought to just yes. be a general rule. Yeah. Who am I thinking of? Uh, the, the chick magnet that looked like Fabio Michael. What am I thinking of? Singer from the 90s. Oh. You know what I'm thinking of? Yeah, but I can't. Okay. Yeah. If, if he remakes your song and it's a bigger hit than when you did it, no, 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 no. So, all righty, uh, moving on, we're going to go to number seven, Bob Dylan. So, there must be some other way yeah. out of here. Send the joke to the team. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. Eh. So, there's that. And then there's whole lot of love, stairway to heaven. Come on, man. Well, they just obviously weren't thinking about their How much meth was careful. smoked before this list was made? That's really the question here. All the meth. All the meth was smoked. Yes. All of it. We're yeah. out of meth. Yeah. Your car is safe. It won't be stolen this month. <laughs> they this smoked month. all yeah. the meth and then did this list. Indeed. No. Yeah. You're selling, Todd. So. Number six, Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Tough. That's tough. tough. That's a tough one. You want to talk about phenomenal national anthem renditions, by the way? The year that he died, he did the, uh, 
I think it, was, it wasn't his father murdered him, if I remember right, right? I think that's how he died. His dad shot him, I believe. Oh, wow. Uh, But the year that he passed away, he did the Nash. Go find that clip on YouTube, man. I mean, listen, man, if, if, you know, before, tell you what, fellas, just fellas about our age or older, just talking to you right now, right? Kids are gone tonight. And you're like, I don't know, man, I'm getting older. Before you call Blue Chew, okay? Go Go on YouTube and find a clip of Marvin Gaye, the year that he passed away singing the national anthem at the NBA All-Star Game, man. You haven't been, when you're done, you have not been that cool since at least like when you got your driver's license, I'm telling you. And probably like never in your life, but you're going to think you are, okay? That is how just smooth that is, okay? It's tight, but I wouldn't rate him ahead of Stevie Wonder, so so. I'll buy Goodbye. Sure. Number five, John Lennon. Sell. Sell. Again, no. Sell. I don't even know that he was a better singer than Paul McCartney, frankly. I mean, you know, I'm, so sell. Number four, Sam Cooke. Now, this is I where you kind of go real old school, really try to be cool. And I'd have been fine with him being somewhere in the top 25. But the fact that this is just such a blatant hipster play... I'm going to sell on, on the, just on the premise of your skinny jeans. No. I like that. Sell. So. Number three, Elvis Presley. Yeah, I got to be there. Yeah. I, I mean, you're talking about, you know, he's the George Washington of this entire genre, man. He's the one that made everything else possible. So, bye. And I, I'd be curious to see who the next two are if he's number three. Number two, Ray Charles. <sighs> I can buy. Oh, man, that's a good one, too. I can buy. I can't put him over Elvis, though. I know. I love the man. Okay, but I can't put him over Elvis. But you know what? I'll I'll give Rolling Stone credit here. I'm not offended that they did it. Okay, I wouldn't do it, but I'm not offended by it. But I'll sell, but but I'm not offended. Which is why I was buying. I'm offended at five other picks they've made, but not this one. And number one is Aretha Franklin. I can buy that. Legendary pipes. I can buy that. Legendary. Do you want to know? And again, I'm not offended. I wouldn't yeah. put it over Elvis, but I'm not offended. So I'm going to sell, but here, I'm not offended. Here are the rankings of some of the other popular singers. Number 30 is Prince. Number 32, Bono. Number 34, Whitney Houston. Uh, Elton wow, John there's, there's is 33 pop singers better than Whitney Houston? Really? Uh, let's see. Jim Morrison, number 47. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at other... Uh, Bjork is at number 60. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. Is Sebastian Bach on the list? Uh, I'm out of curiosity. Is I he on the list? I don't, I don't see him. Yeah. Remember? yesterday because uh, yeah. he I, I mean he was the rare hair metal lead guy that had like concierto level range in uh and that he could hit like it wasn't just all rasp you know uh like rat okay or brett michaels at poison i mean he had some real vocal range don't you think back yeah. in the day yeah and, like he could sing like other genres yeah. other than this yes. right like david coverdale uh, that's not bad. I, yeah. I'd say his range is superior, but I, I hear you. I hear where you're going. All right. Our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation will be joining us uh, to take us inside politics here. Sponsored by White Snake. Next.
All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, or podcast. If you are struggling to meet your weight loss goals, give Riduzone a shot because what may be happening here is your body was created to conserve and crave calories. This is why it can be difficult after a lot of years of eating poorly to have a disciplined lifestyle. You don't want to diet. That, that, diets don't work. I mean, there's a reason why people say, hey, I've, I've been to Weight Watchers six times and it worked every time. All right? I mean, you, you're trying to change a lifestyle here. Okay. But, and so when you've been living one lifestyle for so long, uh, it's hard to reprogram the body to live the other. And that's what, what makes it difficult with getting your portion sizes and your cravings under control. Well, that's where Riduzone comes in. Thankfully, your creator put a molecule in your body. It's called OEA. It's actually got a longer, fancier name than that. I just go with it because it's easier to pronounce. It's called OEA. And what it does is send a signal from the belly to the brain to let the brain know when you're full so it can begin doing its thing metabolically. But if you've ignored it for so many years with poor eating habits, yeah, your body is now conditioned to ignore that OEA, and that's where Riduzone comes in. It boosts the OEA in your body by just putting more OEA in. Totally harmless. That's why it's FDA accepted, vegan friendly, gluten free. This isn't loaded with additives, fillers, um, you know, supplements or chemicals or caffeine stimulants of any kind. It's just OEA to help your body get used to saying, knowing when to say when at the table again. If you want to give it a shot, it takes usually about 90 days for a lifestyle to form as a habit in the subconscious. That's why we're offering you right now 30% off of a three-month supply. That's 90 days. 30% off of a three-month supply of Riduzone at Riduzone.com. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. Use my name, Steve, as the promo code to get that special offer at Riduzone.com. Let's go to our good friend, Daniel Horowitz, joining us, uh, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, taking us inside politics. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing all right. But Steve, now that other people can rename other human beings, I think we should call this the Stephanie Days program. Nice, nice. So I want to get your take. I'm not going to reset because it was like a 16-minute rant, all right? But I, I got to get your take on just the, and I'll give you a, the, the general summation of what I said to the audience at the top of the show. I, all of this White House messaging on impeachment is bad. And the final straw for me was watching yesterday, the battle is we're going to go back and trade lynching clips from 20 years ago. And then a guy that I know and have known for 20 years, and I like Matt Whitaker, but putting him on to say on television, abuse of power is not impeachable enough. To me, they're making a fundamental error here. This isn't a legal process. It is purely a political one. And what I would, if I were advising the president, what I would tell him to do is go back and watch Al Pacino's and justice for all you want a Senate hearing. And that's what you're going to threaten. Cause you can see Mitch McConnell with, I never talked to the president about his Ukraine call. Lindsey Graham with, well, sure. If there's a quid pro quo, they're sowing the seeds to do this six months from now. They, they're not afraid of our base. I don't buy that at all. They know there's not going to be revolts or any of that stuff. They they're used to our base voting for them. No matter how many times they lie about repealing Obamacare, defunding Planned Parenthood or anything else. All right. And so they're, they're setting up a, the stage for a screw job. And I think the president needs to say, if you guys want a hearing, I'll give you one. Hey, how many of you went to Epstein Island? Well, we're about to find out. Okay? Because, because there's a whole lot of people who don't like the president, but hate the people that want to put him on trial even more than they don't like him. Turn the process back on how corrupt and hypocritical this entire process is, that entire chamber is, and drain the swamp. Go Kavanaugh, but in, but in a purely Trumpian way and just threaten them with, are you sure you want this political showdown? 
because I'm the billionaire here. I'm just going to go home to my billions and all the buildings in Manhattan named after me. You all will be left with the collateral damage. So if you guys want to do this, we're going to open up the black gate at Mordor here and we're going to let all the orcs out. Just, just want you to know that's the cost of going here politically. That's the strategy I think you ought to pursue. What are your thoughts, I mean, Daniel? Steve, in many respects, this is really part two of the initial Mueller probe. I mean, that's what it is. It seamlessly ties in Russian collusion, Ukrainian collusion. And you got to learn the mistakes of and, and the lessons and the successes of the first time around. It started off with a mistake that they were their own worst enemy, sending Trump out on Lester Holt, um, actually admitting culpability, basically, of something he wasn't culpable of and making it worse. And that led to the whole Comey problem that led to that really led to the initial investigation and really destroyed the first part of his presidency. Um, so, I mean, this is a pattern of where, ironically, Trump is kind of like any run-of-the-mill Republican, where they allow the left to define the narrative, and then they just go there, and they make it worse rather than going on offense, as you noted. Mm -hmm. um, what ultimately worked eventually with the Mueller probe is what? Is when they went on offense, all right, you want to look at the, at, at the foreign collusion, and they found it was the Democrats colluding with them. Um, you're absolutely right that this is all political. It's not legal. So you don't want to get into the legal technicalities. And then I would finally add, Steve, there's a whole second sphere to this of going on offense, even outside of this whole um, Ukrainian probe. And that is go on offense on policy. Take things that the country cares about that will actually spawn a revolution and you hit them on. Um, remember the, the term uh, wagging the dog mm -hmm. with Bill Clinton? That's what Bill Clinton did. He did things with the economy that were popular. He went and bombed the hell out of Kosovo, which, by the way, is the only time the last, whatever, really since World War II, that we properly fought a war. I didn't agree with who we fought. We helped the Islamists. But boy, oh boy, did he fight it and didn't lose a single man. Doing no, it. no aspirin factory in Afghanistan was left behind. When he was getting I impeached. Mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, it happened to be also the perpetrators there were white, so they were able to actually fight a real war. Um, but let me tell you, I mean, they killed, they slaughtered them, didn't lose a single American life. And what was the refrain we heard? 98, 99, that whole era. You know, it's just about sex. At the end of the day, right. he's doing a good job. He's doing a good job. That was the refrain from your average swing voter. You want them to be saying, look, I think he's kind of crazy. I don't know what he's doing, but man, you know, the, in this case, it won't be so much he's doing a good job. But like you said, these Democrats are crazy. He should go all in. Yes. On the James Young uh, younger situation. He should go all in on the freaking sanctuaries and the crime and all this stuff. Make it a Willie Horton election. So I'm saying in addition, I agree with you going on offense, seeing um, which Democrats have their hands in the pot. I also think you need to open this up because, again, it's all political. And if politically speaking, economy, security, society, people like where he's headed and don't like where Democrats are, frankly, even if it were an impeachable offense, the people wouldn't support it. Whereas if he just languishes, you know, and then starts taking on culpability for this, even if it's a, a nothing burger, uh, people will start supporting it. See, I think... And I'm going to call it this. I think there's a lot 
of goofy bastard votes voters out there. Meaning, I think there is a whole bunch of people. You know, we've often talked on this show, Daniel, that Democrats ha- offer offer the kinds of voters we're talking to no safe harbor. Meaning, people that just want Trump gone. They're tired of the drama, tired of the mercurial. They just they want it to end. And I think that's what a lot of the impeachment polling is. I think it's a lot of people that just think if he goes away, things will go back to normal. He's the he's the he's the he's the fly in the ointment here. And the problem is the Democrats are unwilling to offer those voters, the problem for them anyway, they're unwilling to offer those voters a safe harbor, meaning that you have to pay a toll to be rid of Trump. And the toll is uh, dudes with beards and penises beat your daughters uh, at the track meet. Uh, and, and your seven-year-old has to get forcibly castrated. And your, and, and, and your border still needs to be the number one human trafficking zone on planet Earth, right? That's the, the, that's the price, if, if, yeah, okay, you want Trump gone? Cool. Here's the toll you have to pay to make that happen. They, they are not going to mount a candidacy that gives a safe harbor to those kinds of voters. He can do it. And, and, and he's got to make the decision that he's totally fine with people supporting him without fawning over him. Because I think there's all kinds of people that will, would show up on election day if he did the stuff you and I were just talking about and said, man, he's a goofy bastard most days. But I liked, the, I liked watching Nancy Pelosi's head rot on a stake. I liked that. I liked watching Mitch McConnell squirm when he talking uh, to Jake Tapper on CNN. I enjoyed that, right? I think there's a slew of voters he could convert along those lines. Those are the Bill Clinton voters. I mean, at the end of the day, now some of those people maybe aren't alive and it's the next generation equivalent of them. Some of them are alive and it's the same people. It's those Bill Clinton voters. I mean, that's, those are the people you need. Um, those are the people you need to win, and any discussion over impeachment politically must begin with the lessons of Bill Clinton. And I think that's exactly how people felt. Everyone knew he was a dirtbag, um, but they ju- it just didn't stick. And he successfully finagled that, and a big part of that is what he did outside of the impeachment fight. He had his war room obviously digging up dirt on Republicans personally. But, um, you know, that's where the line it's the economy stupid originally came from. So, I mean, in this case, it's the civilization stupid. And I think this election is going to boil down to one thing. If you if they successfully make it about Trump, he will lose. If Trump successfully makes it about whoever is the ultimate radical that emerges from the field, he will he will win. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. But what what the entire Republican Party from the Trump administration to often Trump himself to Republicans in Congress to our colleagues in so-called conservative media have been doing, at least until now, is playing into their hands. They're doing nothing to accentuate in the minds of the voters the radicalism of the left. People don't get subtlety in an era where they're they're bombarded with just endless news on mm-hmm. all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. You have to they know they're crazy but you got to remind them. You got to remind them every day that New York City is letting out illegal alien child molesters, A not informing ICE of them and B aside from the immigration fight even regular just American child molesters are serving no time in prison anymore. Nobody's serving time in prison anymore. Every day I do that at Conservative Review, um, nobody has demonstrated to me why that is not a winning message. Uh, but the problem is the Democrats play him like a fiddle. Rep- Trump could do the other, do the reverse on them. He's getting bad advice. 
And that, you know, as you all know, that placed his worst instincts. Let me give you an anecdotal affirmation of what you're describing. All right. So the situation last week in Mexico where the Mexican government essentially lost a, 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 a flat out battle, a military battle with, with the drug cartels. OK. And I've got a good friend of mine and his politics are totally different than mine. But he doesn't like BS at the same time, if you know what I'm saying. Like, um, he doesn't, he doesn't, in some respects, he's kind of the inverse of me. He's, he's fairly left wing, but he doesn't like, uh, his own side's partisan, uh, um, self-pleasuring circles. He's not into that, you know? And, and, and so we find a lot of common ground there. The fact that neither one of us like, uh, you know, tribalistic scams. He was watching what was transpiring, the coverage of it on CNN or MSNBC. And, and he tweeted out something along the lines I saw that said that, um, man, I, what's going on in Mexico is unreal. I'm fortunate to live in a country where this kind of stuff doesn't happen. And oh my God. I thought of you. I know it's weird. When I saw this tweet show up in my feed from this friend of mine, I thought of you. Because I thought, that is the voter that Daniel's been talking about all the years I've known him. That there's all kinds of people that if you removed the traditional GOP packaging and we just brought them, what country would you like to live in? They'd sign up for it, but by and maybe not every point, but the, but more of them that they're signing up for right now. And I thought that was the anecdotal embodiment of what you have been talking about for years. And Steve, think about it. What the guy said, man, is that profound. I'm so happy I don't live in a country like that. That is literally the the leverage point. That's the fulcrum from which you can turn any voter into what you and I know to be conservatism, but it's not being sold to people. And that's this. Guess what, voter? We're in the process of turning America right. into that. Right. You see, it's too subtle. They don't get it. But if we would have a party messaging along the lines of what we do at Conservative Review, they would begin to understand that what they see in their community so often, this drive-by shooting, this thing happened, is not a domestic crime. It's an external problem that is coming from the fact that the cartels, along with the transnational gangs contracting for them, MS-13 is actually now in Mexico working with them. They have a foothold, and they're doing it here. And we now have a lot of the, the methods of murder. I just dealt with an Indiana case where a guy on I-70 was shot in the head going 70 miles an hour. So Someone just pulls out a gun. Literally what you see in the, on the roads of Mexico, they thought it was a car crash. A day later, the coroner there in Indianapolis um, found a bullet in the guy's head. Hmm. They thought the bodies were just smashed up from a car crash. This is crazy stuff going on in our country. Um, but we we don't even get on the map. I mean, Steve, this is what keeps me up on at night. It's not that people disagree with you and me. It's that what if people would know what you and I see every day? What would the electorate look like? Hmm. Well said, my friend. Good to see you. As always, we'll do it again next week. All right, take care. God bless. Same to you. Let's get some final thoughts here. We've got about four minutes left for you guys to react. And uh, Todd and Aaron, what do, you, what do you think? Well, that last part, what if people would know? There's a cousin to that. What, what, if, what if people don't want to know, and that's the problem? Mm -hmm. I mean, well, who? Uh, as much as I rip on journalism, and there's nobody ahead of the line on me, it, it, this has a lot to do with how easy it is for journalists to get away with this for so long because 
of uh, the willful ignorance that we the people generally have. I mean, it, I, I, it, this would not be happening on any level. You guys wouldn't have the conversations you'd be having if we the people were even that much more resilient in, in terms of the founding principles of this country and the need to sweat a little bit to maintain them. You just went all like my people perish for lack of knowledge on us right there, man. Nice. You're welcome. Aaron, this is fundamentally the same conversation we have, um, you know, uh, most of the time. Is it is it the steak uh, or Cheetos? Is it, you know, or Cheez-Its? That's the conversation we've been having for two or three years now with, with Daniel. And the people with the platform to give the rest of the people uh, steak seem all too often comfortable with just handing out Cheez-Its again. Again, so this is not just um, Todd is right where it, when it's uh, you know people maybe we don't even want we don't even want to know what's going on, but it's also the fault of people who have the ability to pre- penetrate and get past the Overton window, not being willing to do so. Um, so it is again, it is a frustrating thing to look at and to see uh, and to witness, but. Um, yeah, I thought what you said uh, of your friend, uh, who's uh, very liberal, a uh, leftist, you know, actually having that prescient or prescient, however you pronounce that, a moment where they said, hey, uh, I'm glad I don't live in a, a third world country uh, like that. <laughs> if we had people who would just bring up those examples and say, if we don't secure our right. border, that is happening here. It already kind of is. That's the, the blame. What I'm trying to say here, the blame is equal both on the people and on the people who have the platform to let the people know. We are going to stick around and do a little overtime uh, here for you, our Blaze TV subscribers. Uh, we're going to talk, tackle the topic of Tulsi Gabbard um, in relation to uh, what Stephen Crowder put up uh, last night here at Blaze TV, pointing out, looking at. Uh, VPN, and then and, and when you switch the uh, address to one outside the U.S. compared to another, and how she's trending in, in some parts of the world on social media and not on others. Um, w- there was visible editing of her by CNN at the last debate. They were, went out of their way to cut her off whenever they could. There's the comments that Hillary Clinton made. This woman has 2%. And, and, and she is being treated like some kind of pariah even though she has almost all of the same views all of them have. Why? We're going to discuss that. What, it, what, it, what does she represent that requires this level of shunning? It's like a Shirley Jackson short story, and we're going to the lottery, and she, she got the losing ticket. Okay, so we're going to discuss that on the overtime today. BlazeTV.com slash Dace if you want to be a subscriber uh, here to Blaze TV so you don't miss that or any of the other stuff that we do. For the rest of you, we will see you again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.